Greetings, gentlemen, boys and girls, children, ladies. Welcome to the Tommy Talk. My name is Juan. This is my chicken partner, Anthony. Here's a judo podcast for judo players by two judo players. So, Anthony, how you doing? Doing good. Uh, <laughs> I have my cap on. I think all the salons here are still closed so, and barber shops, so I can't cut my hair. But I think I'm going to try throwing my hair long for once. You said do it. <laughs> That's uh, my roommate, Matt, did that. Like He before was like, hey, Juan, will you shave my head for me this weekend? I was like, yeah, I'll shave your head for you. But he never like he never asked, hey, let's yeah. do it. So he's just been growing it the entire quarantine time. Well, I was thinking by the time by the time we get back to judo, I'm going to have to have my hair short again. So we might, might as well just try going my hair long again. I haven't had it long since middle school. So uh-huh. it'll be uh, quite interesting. Well, his plan is to grow it out long. And then he said he's going to donate it. So let's see if he actually oh. does. Well, <laughs> You're not going to donate does, your hair? Does he have straight hair? Yeah, it's pretty straight. He's Chinese, just like you. Oh, yeah. No, I, I can tell you. A lot. Happy New Year's, brother. Happy New Year's. Oh, thank you. Happy, happy New Year to you, too. <laughs> You actually know how to say it. Wow. Yeah. Of course I know how to say it. Are you taking me for a fool here? Yeah. I, my hair is really straight, but I think I know some people. There's a lot of Chinese people I know that grow their hair long that have um, curly hair. It's not straight. Okay. So Get a little wavy Yeah, it's a little wavy. So anyway. <laughs> so talking about hair, yeah, let's talk about some judo news. Okay. So. Yep. Everybody knows that the Olympics is going to come up this summer. Uh, right now, they're scheduled to still be in Tokyo. They're still going to be Japan. It's going to happen this year. It's going to be the um, the start is going to be July twenty third. They're going to start. So that's Friday. Yeah, there there, there was there was rumors going around that the Olympics was not going to be held, and then I heard news that it's going to be held. It's all like I'm hearing think rumors from both sides, and then the Olympic committee came out and said. No, it's going to be held for sure. Yeah, we're, we're doing it no matter what. I don't care yeah. if it's a small Olympics or what. We're doing it. They're going to lose but a lot of money. It's <laughs> going to suck for Japan. They're going to lose money. I don't know if they're going to allow people to come in to watch the Olympics. It's going to suck, man. Did you hear the, um, the head of the Olympic committee just, just re- resigned <laughs> over something he said? <laughs> did you hear what he said to resign? I did Why? hear what he said. <laughs> what, what, what did you hear he said? Uh, I don't want to get in trouble or nothing. Um, I mean, it's just said very chauvinist japanese way of thinking not, not all japanese it's a chauvinist old man way of thinking that yeah. women are born while talking you know women's speeches are yeah boring. he's he said <laughs> well, what i heard was basically he said he hates sitting in meetings with women because they talk too much yeah they that's talk what, much that's why i heard yeah yeah it gives like a with a 70, 80 year old man or something. I don't know why he's ahead of the committee anyways. Well, well, that's just how Japanese society works, right? Yeah, well, he's also the former prime minister back in the day also, so that's why yeah. he got the job. But yeah, so they're still gonna have the Olympics. Uh, Japan already has their full roster um, made out already. A lot of countries are still figuring out who they're gonna put in there. And a lot of people are still fighting for points. So it's still up yeah. for grabs at certain places, but Japan stuff, they're locked. They already know who their team is, so. Yep. That's been great to watch. But the one thing I wanted to bring up was, so oh, I want to ask you, if they allow people to go to Japan, are you going to go? Are you going to try? It depends if I get the vaccine or not. If well, I you should, if I get here the in vac- America, they said, well, here yeah. in America, they said that we should all be able to get the vaccine by April. So yeah, if I get the vaccine, I'll definitely go. Yeah. All I'll, right. try, I'll try to make it work. Yeah. That would be one of our road channels. Is you documenting yourself in Japan? Yeah. Here I am at the championships. <laughs> we're here at the Olympics. Woo! <laughs> we did. Uh, Richard and I did say that we're gonna try and vlog it the next time we go training there. So um, you guys should. He, he wanted to vlog it, but he didn't. Know, the first time we were there, he wanted to vlog it, but he said he didn't know 
how comfortable I was with him going around recording us, like doing everything. I'm like, uh-huh. well, I, I don't care. Like personally, I tried to do that oh, once. This, this come from the same guy that didn't tell me he had a dash cam in his car to like halfway to Vegas already. We're all talking well, about dumb shit. He's like, hey, Juan, yeah, I got this dash cam right here. Oh shit. Ah, I've never checked it. He got me. <laughs> <laughs> ah, he got me. <laughs> no, I, I don't dumb stuff I, I say. <laughs> I don't mind, but I, when I went, the first few times I went to Japan, I tried to uh, record it for myself, like just like a like vlog it, because I think uh-huh. videos are better than uh, pictures. I I just forget because I get so caught up with how beautiful this temple is or shrine, <laughs> and then I was just like, oh crap, I forgot to take a video of it. And then other times I'd be so obsessed with taking pictures and videos that I forget to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Like I'm just looking at it through the screen the whole time. So, oh yeah, yeah. So if someone else does that, I'll be fine. Well, that's how I am. When I go places, I'm taking pictures of everything. I'm, I'm that selfie yeah. guy that's taking selfies everywhere of himself. That's how <laughs> I am when I go on trips. I always have my camera out trying to get the right angle. Like oh, that's, place, why, that that's why you manage the Instagram for the dojo, huh? <laughs> I want, the only reason I did is because no one else was doing it. No one else wanted to do the Facebook or Instagram or any of the stuff. And I was like, well, you know what? I'll do it. You know, people don't follow the website like they used to. People all care about Instagram and Facebook now. So I'll do it. I'm really bad at that stuff. Uh, Even though I'm like a younger generation, really bad. Did did I ever tell you, this is kind of a sidetrack, but I went to France when I was a kid with my parents and, Mm -hmm. but we lost all the pictures because me being a kid, I was an idiot and (laughs) I was trying to figure out how the camera works. And I popped open Mm -hmm. the, the, this is before we had digital cameras popped yeah. open the, the film thing and it's overexposed all the films. So we lost everything. <laughs> so. Oh, I, I got something that's way better than that. I had a 500 gig, uh, no, yeah. 500 gig, uh, hard drive, external hard drive. Now this is old. Like I had it since mm-hmm. I was in college and stuff, tons of pictures, tons of movies, tons of things on there. My computer somehow automatically one day decided to reformat it and I lost everything. That's why you backed Music. up everything music pictures uh <laughs> movies all these things all these old projects i did back in college all these old movies i made back in college all lost and i'm just <laughs> like what do i do and i go everywhere asking like can you guys fix it can you guys like try to uh, get the stuff back and like we could but it's gonna cost you this much yeah, we don't know what we'll get back. yeah we don't know what you get what you won't get back i'm like oh what if they get back all the songs by getting other pictures? What I wanted really was the pictures and videos. Yeah. Like songs, I'll just re-download again and most of them are saved somewhere else. But there's a picture of the videos that I lost that I was mad about. I've done it once where I recovered the, I did it myself and recovered the files that I accidentally uh-huh. formatted. It was, a, it was a pain in the ass. I, I understand uh-huh. why it costs that much. And I didn't get everything back. I only got some of my music back, so. Mm-hmm. So we're talking about, uh, so going on that one about talking about um, stuff that we have like that, I guess it's kind of cool to announce right now that if our fans out there want to know, we actually started an Instagram account. So you can follow us on YouTube, like always. You can follow us on, on, any, on any of the other accounts that we have to download us on the mm-hmm. um, podcast sites. But now if you want to keep up to date with what we put stuff up, you go to Instagram now and I hope to put more videos on there and more pictures of us doing yeah. things, like maybe doing some what you call me this weekend, perhaps. But I'm gonna try to get that going and do some more things on there. It'd be kind of fun. Yeah, you were talk you were talking about making more technique videos. So maybe we'll do that, even though um everyone's making technique videos now. And I'm sure people would prefer to learn from like <laughs> Travis Stevens and Neil Adams than Juan Rodriguez. But I think yeah, but it's, it's important that, to the see. The stuff how that Travis everyone... Stevens shows. This is the thing about Travis Stevens, he's showing great technique 
if you're a high ranking brown belt or black belt, I understand what he's showing. Exactly. That's he's what showing I was pretty say. advanced stuff. If you're a little white belt, just learning things, I plug my Instagram now. You go on my Instagram, yeah. I put well, one video a week about what you could do with a rubber band, which is Gomi bands or just belts. And I even put some videos of what you can do with a wall and some old school stuff that people don't do anymore is using a duffel bag. And mm -hmm. those are really deep down that I might uh, re-upload or make some new versions of that. But that's more people that? be I, I, heard, I, heard on you, I heard you say, use your wife. What? <laughs> yeah, I put her in the duffel bag. And he her, no, pa, no, pa, mate, tasquera. <laughs> um, but uh, if you talk about that also, I actually do a little side project with my catch wrestling coach at mm -hmm. Catch Wrestling Alliance. And what he's doing is that he's putting up a lot of catch wrestling videos on his own YouTube account, mm -hmm. Catch Wrestling Alliance on, mm -hmm. on YouTube. You can also follow him on Instagram. But he's also do he has this like a um, tiered paid system where you can buy videos on demonstrations of techniques and how to do things. And it's him and another one of his guys doing it. And I was talking to him before about how I wanted to show these no gi judo videos. You know, everybody talks about no gi judo, but there's not a lot of no gi judo out there. There's definitely, a, yeah, there's a huge market for it right now. It's good, good, yeah. So good chance to grasp actually, it. This past weekend, we made four, um, well, we did four throws. I demonstrated how to do uchimata four different ways without a gi, taitoshi four ways without a gi, ogoshi four ways without a gi, and then uh, harayagoshi four ways without a gi. And those he's going to put on his paid tier system. So you can either, I don't know if he's doing them by throws or each individual way I show it, he, you pay for it. I'm not sure how he does it, mm -hmm. but it's going to be the thing up there for people that want to learn how to do no gi throws. And I teach them four ways. I teach how to do a collar and elbow tie up, how to do it with a wrist grab, how to do it with a bicep grab. And then the way I like to do it, one overhook, one underhook, and how to do it from those four different ways. Mm -hmm. And we also did a little side thing because I don't know if you noticed watching MMA lately. So growing up, uh, Joe Rogan was a man. Mm -hmm. Joe Rogan was always the guy that did all the commentary for everything. And everyone used the Joe Roganisms. You know, mm -hmm. Joe Rogan would say something, everyone starts saying it. And because he was a 10th planet jujitsu guy, he would use all the 10th planet terms, everyone used it. One of my main things was that when I learned what's called mission control now, it was just rubber guard. Yep. You just put a guy in rubber guard. But then when he started calling it mission control, everyone started calling it mission control. So now that Joe's gone, he only does big pay-per-views now. It's Daniel Cormier that's kind of stepped in that position. He does the majority of the shows. And because he comes from a wrestling background, he's calling everything wrestling names, you know? And one of the things is that he always talks about is a, a wizard throw. It's like, oh, he's going for that wizard throw right there. He's going for wizard throw. And the thing with wizard throws is that I like wizard throws. If you know how to do it, not wizard, it's wizard. I know I sound like saying wizard sometimes because they're magical. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is that if you do a wizard throw on somebody and you don't put the leg out, like if you know how to do Chayatoshi or if you don't put your hip really in it, like, like you're going to do uh, Ukigoshi or Ogoshi or Uchimata, uh, you see a lot of people go for these wizard, thro wizard throws. <laughs> now you're saying a wizard. Now I'm saying directly now, these wizard throws. And people like, they block off, they come with the hip, they put their arm down to block the throw. You know how I always say, I don't like doing throws from the wrist position because mm -hmm. I feel it's easy to escape that position. That's the one time, that's the one setup I always say, grab the wrist, okay? Mm -hmm. You get the wizard, Grab the wrist. If you know do Tai Toshi from there, it's really easy. You can do Ukigoshi from there. Uh, not Hanagoshi. You can maybe you could do Hanagoshi, but you can definitely mm -hmm. do Ushimata and uh, Ogoshi. 
And we actually do that as a free demonstration on his channel. And I don't know what's going to go up. It could be up by the time we put this thing out, but it'd be up soon. And you want to learn some throws with no gi. I'm going to explain them. They're not super in depth. If you're a judo player and you know this stuff, it's going to like click to you very easily and it becomes big and people like it. I might go in depth more and make more videos. So please look out for that. And, you know, let me know if you guys like it or not. And yeah. that's at Catch Wrestling Alliance on their YouTube channel. Yeah, we um, had Raul on a while ago. So um, go listen to that episode if you're interested. But Catch Wrestling is great. I love Catch Wrestling, you know. There has been like a huge uptick of interest in uh, no-gi judo takedowns because I've gotten a few messages about it on Instagram. Mm -hmm. And I've also gotten I've seen a lot of people from the BJJ subreddit asking about it on judo subreddit like how do i do this mm -hmm. in nogi would judo work with nogi like how is this different how is kazushi different and you see a lot of a lot more of those discussions and partially i think it has to do with um john danaher releasing that um throwing system video yeah. like he, yeah. he released a, a judo video basically and you know how like a few years ago leg locks were like the whole craze right like yeah but, but now everyone knows how to counter leg locks but I'm, i think <laughs> people are starting to see more values of takedowns in bjj so i think more and more people are interested in learning takedowns for bjj now so um hopefully um someone in the federations in the u.s would uh take this as an opportunity to grow judo but uh, i won't hold my breath yeah. Well, hey, hey, I'm trying here, okay? <laughs> I'm trying to catch wrestling at least. There's some people they want to be interested if they're interested in doing it. The thing with John Danner is that he's great at telling his techniques. The only thing is mm -hmm. that he's not a judo guy. He's trained with judo oh, people. Have you watched his videos? Yeah, I've watched his videos. I might before. actually go buy one just so I can do a review of it again. His stuff is so calm. He's always so just calm yeah. talking through everything. I, I think if I buy it and I don't like it, I'll just play it during bedtime to fall asleep to because he has such <laughs> a calming <laughs> voice <laughs> like i mean what's what's that he i love judo i fall asleep thinking about judo so it, uh -huh. it's perfect like someone <laughs> in a calming voice talking judo about to me so well there's one time an interview he did with somebody and he was talking about judo and he knew what he was talking about because he mm -hmm. was talking about like the top throws in judo and how to adapt them to bjj yeah. and he actually talked about how you watched the entire uh, I can't remember the Olympics he watched or was mm -hmm. it the world championships or masters. I don't know what he watched exactly, which one it was, but he was like, say, Hey, he wrote down every throw, how it was mm -hmm. done. And he's doing the math about him. Like that is technical right there. Going through. He like, understood the mechanics. You can tell. Yeah. Uh, if you watched the free videos that they uploaded to the advertisement, mm -hmm. this is in my opinion, someone did ask me about it on Reddit and I responded. I didn't, I didn't think it was that great. Like, I wouldn't pay for it. If this was like someone mm -hmm. selling me a judo, video i wouldn't pay for it but i could totally see in bj if you're a bjj player why you would think it's useful he mm -hmm. knows what he's talking about but everything that he was teaching you were basic stuff that a white belt would learn mm -hmm. by attending judo class and <laughs> i don't i just don't think you can learn it through a video in like a few weeks kind of thing it's something that white belts learn it takes them a few months to learn it you know so just yeah. to get the basics yeah. down so well, there's lots of stuff in judo that we talk about that people don't understand. Mm -hmm. Like I had a friend of mine that watches a chant, like watches us. And I don't know if we were talking in judo talk or what we we're saying, but they were telling me, it's like, one, well, I couldn't understand. Like, I'm, I thought I was a good judo player. And, and they're like, they're um, an orange belt or green belt in judo. I can't remember what they are exactly. 
but they were saying, like, I had no idea what you guys are talking about. And I thought I knew judo terms. And you guys are just talking like full Japanese or something. Don't <laughs> <laughs> talk about like, talk when you say something like, okay, we got the pulichikomi. You know, like there's one thing I always say is called the judo two-step when I explain people, things to people. Mm-hmm. You know, you come in, sidestep, ball of foot, and you turn from right there. It's two steps, one, two, and then you turn your body. And if you don't know what you're doing, you get those people that start walking into throws that are like, okay, I'm gonna step in, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, then move around. Yeah. He's like, you don't need to move that much. It's just two steps and you turn your hip and you're done. And if you don't know that, you're gonna think, oh, I gotta step here, then turn here, turn my body mm-hmm. around. And that's something you learn at a class or a really in-depth video about you, you learn that. So Yeah, you definitely need back, someone to correct you. So, yeah. Yeah. So getting back on topic of judo stuff besides that now, so we're, we're talking about the Olympics mm-hmm. and the reason I wanted to talk about the Olympics right there was talk about how, um, so last year we were supposed to have the Olympics. It got canceled. It got pushed back to this year. So a lot of people were asking, all right, so Olympics being pushed back to this year. What's going to happen in the world championships for 2001. So everyone that was the world champion for 2019 got to keep the world championships where they actually like they're supposed to. Mm-hmm. So they thought it was that they're going to keep the world championship for an extra year. Also, <laughs> nope. Change that slash that in half. We ain't doing that no more guys. Cause what we're doing is a month later after the Olympics in September 12th, we're going to have the world championships in, where is it? In uh, Budapest. So we're going to have the judo world championships on September 12th. What's well, the week of September 12th, the weekend of September 12th. We're gonna have them in Budapest a month after the Olympics. Imagine, and that's crazy to me. Imagine, let's assume the Olympics is actually gonna happen. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's gonna happen, but imagine it's actually gonna happen and the world championships are, the, are gonna happen. Imagine yeah. you being that person that wins both back to back for your weight class. See, that's that's, like, that's, that's some historic that's shit. <laughs> I'm a world champion, and Olympic champion in one year, and not only just in one year, in a month apart. Okay, in a month apart, and it's never probably never going to happen again for a long time. <laughs> I hope it never happens again <laughs> if it does happen. But here's the thing about it: you think about it, okay? Most people, when they win their gold medal or silver or bronze, even a lot of those people take a year off. Some of the, most of people take like six months to a year off. You know, the thing with Teddy Reiner is the last one he won, the last Olympics he won, mm-hmm. he took almost three years off. People thought that he was retired. People were like, oh, he's done. He hasn't competed in two and a half years. Serious. He was injured or something like that, right? Well, that's what I'm saying. He didn't compete for a while. He was injured or whatnot, but he didn't compete for like six, for three years. Yeah. And then he decided, okay, I'm good. I can go out there. I, I can go out there again. I'm going to do it. And he loses. He lost twice, right? During that yeah. warm up time. Yeah, he lost well, twice. He lost two two tournaments. Yeah, first yeah. first one was like on round five or something like that. I don't remember. Yeah, and second one was like under first or second round. It was to some. It was a Russian guy, if I remember correctly. I don't uh, remember. So look at Teddy Ryan right there. One of the best in the world. One of the best of all time. Ten time world champion. Two time Olympic champion. <laughs> takes off three years. Right. So, do you think Teddy Reiner, if he gets to the Olympics? wins gold again like he's favored to do you think he's gonna compete a month afterwards for the world championships uh i don't know also i don't know if he's favored to win gold anymore ever since those two things happened the only reason well the reason i say that is because uh, we might talk about this later is that at the was it the world masters and not the world master for the old men the world for the old men and women so for those who are confused um masters is like the top 26 in the world tournament 
mm-hmm. veterans is like what we most people think of as masters. It's like 30 and over, <laughs> age 30 yeah, and over. To, so we had to change that in judo because people were getting too confused <laughs> yeah. about it. <laughs> and we're still explaining it to people like four years later. Yeah. <laughs> but so last month at the World Masters, he came back. He, um, he took first, he took gold again, mm-hmm. but he won his gold place out of Shido's. He shooted the guy out. So I don't know if that already looks that good. You know, I heard he did really well in the tournament. I didn't get to watch all of it, but he won his gold with Shido's. To be fair, a lot what, of the high level judo has been like that recently. The rules, that's just how it is. Yeah. So that's why I think I think they made favored again to get gold because, you know, he did, you know, he had those two bumps in the road right there. Mm-hmm. He lost his two matches, got more dedicated, hopefully. And it's hard to get rounds in. Did you see him? Though? He lost a lot of weight. Did he? He still looked he, big to me. He's he still, still big, like but he, he looks a lot more fit than just huge now. Does he? Okay. Yeah, so that, that's that we'll had some, something to do with him winning. It was getting back into shape. Yeah, so. of course. That always, you, dude, judo shape is so hard to get into. You have to do run door. You have to get your rounds and you have yep. to get a chikomi in. Running, biking, lifting weights is nothing. Swimming it's, is it's great. It's supplementary, but it's not, it's not yeah. going to make up for it. Yeah. Nothing's going to, nothing's going to make up for going out on the mat and having someone trying to kill you and you defend yourself. <laughs> so that's why I was thinking that, you know, he took first at the, at the world masters. He's getting back into it. To me again, he's favored to get first place. Let's see if it happens. If he gets gold at the Olympics, but that brings up the question a month later, is he going to go to the world championships? Yep. <laughs> Will anybody do that? Or is anybody going to be like, nah, fuck it. I got my gold. I got my silver. I got my bronze. I think Johnny will do it. Johnny, is he listening <laughs> right now? Johnny, if you're out there right now, okay. <laughs> we are going to, where are we going to? Uh, we are I going to Buddhist Pest. All right. <laughs> he mentioned to me, he just had to win one round of something to be qualified for the Olympics. Because okay. before before the shutdown happened, uh-huh. he was he was actually planning on going to the Paris Grand Slam yeah. and test his luck. If he gets that one round, he said he was going to the Olympics. So that'd be great for him. Dude, yeah. I would try to fight your heart out if you're gonna do like you gotta fight your heart out, go out there, fight as much as you can. But if the other guy gets a Shido, just run around. <laughs> just run around <laughs> and keep running. <laughs> So, uh, so that's the one thing I want to talk. I uh, want to talk about was that. So let's talk about the big tournament. Let's talk about what happened at the Masters. So, did you watch all the Masters? I watched day it? one and day two, and I was supposed to save day three to watch with my friends, but we haven't gotten to it yet. So, I'm, I guess I'm, I'm about to be, get spoiled by you, but. No, I want yeah. to talk about some good matches. I'm not. I'm not going to go through everything. Let's go through every single match that happened this tournament. <laughs> <laughs> all right. No, I watched all three days. Mm-hmm. They're great matches that happened. Uh, just just talk about some of the things that I like. Talk about things that you liked. Um, I know one of the things that I was very surprised about, and I don't know if I should be surprised or not, mm-hmm. but I was a little bit surprised at how well the Netherlands did. Oh yeah, they had they had so many people in in the bronze match in the bronze round matches. They had so many people. They are so underrated. I was so surprised. Like I don't know if I should be or not. Like they always do well, but I don't know if it's just like because it was a massive. Just like wow, look how many people they have out there, and they had at least two matches, I believe, where it was two Netherlands people fighting for bronze or two. Yeah. There had two matches of two Mm -hmm. Netherlands people fighting for bronze. And uh, the way Neil Adams put it is that this was kind of like their dual meets to see who was in good Olympics. Mm -hmm. Whoever won these two rounds are most likely were the ones they're going to send there. The the, the, the girls fighting. Are you talking about that match? Yeah. Yeah. It was the girls one. And there was one with the, was there, was it a guys one? I think the other one was. I think there was a guys. 
I don't think there was a men's like matchup where they fought each other. Was it? Okay. There might've been the two women's then, but yeah, yeah. I was really surprised at how well the Netherlands did. Yeah. Uh, the Japan, um, the Japan, <laughs> the Japan, <laughs> the Japanese women look great as always. Mm-hmm. Their Nawaza looks amazing. I don't know about Japanese women's Nawaza. It's just, they're, they're just so good at it. And they're so good at just continuing. Like they go for Tachiwaza, they continue to Nawaza, they get these pins and they hold people down and people don't expect it. And I don't know what they don't expect by, you know, what's going to happen if you go to the ground with them. Yeah, I, I think I mentioned it in one of the previous episodes, but when I went to watch the Kodokan practice on a Wednesday, which mm-hmm. is like the the hard the hard day, um, yeah. I went two days in a row. Once was for the men's tra- uh, practice, and once was for the women's. And the men's they don't really do that much nawaza, but mm. the women's they did a lot of nawaza from warm up all the way to randori. They they just did a lot of nawaza. Mm-hmm. Um, but that, that kind of shows just why, why is there such a gap there? You know, like, I, I don't want just different approaches by different head coaches, maybe like, maybe, you know, a lot of, it's how a lot of coaches, well, not, well, a lot of coaches think about, think about the Ipon. So you just focus yeah. on the throws. Don't focus on the Nawaza, just focus on throws. But to me, if you get caught in the Nawaza situation and you can't get out of a pin or you get into, put into a, a joint lock or something, mm-hmm. you're screwed. You gotta do both. You gotta do both sides, in my opinion. I know a lot of people is just like think about the tachiwaza, think about the ipon, and that's it. And I think that's one of the one of the worst things about judo out there that people do do, do do, do So stupid. So okay. So one thing that I thought was very interesting to talk about Nawaza again is that the first two matches, uh, the first two women matches, both finished with Nawaza, which I thought was really cool. That's kind of showing judo's well-roundedness. Uh, the first match was won by uh, what is it? This Ukrainian woman that won with the with the triangle pin, which is awesome because you don't you're, see that happening. You're, happen not, that you're often. not talking about Daria, right? Daria. <laughs> uh, yes, yes, I'm yes. Like, hmm, I'm like triangle Ukraine. Hmm, it has to be Daria. Yeah, I know. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah, I look at my notes. I wrote my notes really fast when I was doing it because I didn't plan on yeah. doing this, so I rewatched a lot of stuff over again to talk about mm-hmm. it. But yeah, she always wins by triangle pin all the time. But it's just like it's just so cool to she see. She moved it. back. She moved back down to weight class. Yeah. Yeah. She last tournament she moved up to moved up weight class, and this time she moved back down. So I didn't even notice that. Just yeah. seeing her just fight, just fight. Yeah. So she, she, really got, cool. she got bronze, I think, if I remember. Yeah. Yeah. She got bronze at the last tournament or this one. I can't remember. But I know she got bronze at the World Masters. Okay, yeah, that's the one. And then, she kind of got screwed. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> she she got screwed over. The the if you go watch her her match that dropped her to the the bronze medal match, mm-hmm. she, she it was it was a really bad call. I that's one of my the things I want to say was I saw a lot of bad calls this tournament, mm. and I understand if you're a ref and it's hard to be a ref, but when you have video replay. And they mm-hmm. do a video replay and they keep the call. Mm-hmm. It's like, come on, man. Like, well, okay. You want to talk about someone who got screwed? I'm not saying someone got screwed. I'm just saying the the rules are played. I, I don't know how to say because I don't want to mess, make anybody mad. Okay, so it was a men's match, and it was for it was the um, what it was. Um, God, who was it? God, I can't. Are you talking about the armbar throw? Yes, yes, I was talking Hash, about right. So Hashi, Japanese Hashimoto got, and on. Yes, Hashimoto, that's what it was. And Hashimoto versus on, versus on, yeah. Was on, on, on the entire on, time. On, on, how do you, I don't know how do you say his name. <laughs> how do you say his name correctly, Anthony? There's two ons. That's why I can't remember which on it was. It, it was on ball or Chan on Ren. I can't remember which one. But 
Okay, so on the entire time, does two or th- I know he definitely does two throws with the arm bar. Okay, mm-hmm. and then it was one where he goes to the ground with them, and they've already said Mate, the match is done, and he's continuing to wrench the arm. Okay, mm-hmm. trying to force the throw, and it's already he already knows. Like, come on, you have to know that's your second attempt. That's not going to count for anything. So he's really yeah. wrenching on Hashimoto's arm at that point. And Hashimoto's arm's messed up. You can see that he's trying to shake it out yep. and stuff. They continue to golden score. The match is really good and stuff, but Andre's really pissing me off because he's doing these straight arm techniques. And Neil Adams is calling it. And I, I don't know if they gave him, I don't think they gave him, maybe they gave him one shoot for it. I can't remember exactly. Mm-hmm. But then Hashimoto goes for an arm bar throw. And it wasn't even an arm bar because the arm but, was, uh, he was, the arm he was, was it. That's what he was known for. The one, the one arm sort of Shuri, Shuriko Magoshi. And yeah, but it was, Here's the thing to me, this is to me, the arm was bent, we went for the throw. It didn't become straight until he finished it and and on was strung on his belly and he was going for almost like um really like a straight I, arm bar. I'm watching it right now and to me uh-huh. I, I I remember seeing this because it was posted on Reddit. Mm-hmm. To me he it, it straightened up like midway through. So it was during the throw that it went straight. So I I think okay, it was so I think so it was during it the throw. Sense. Okay, to you, it makes sense. So during the throw, to me, when he entered it, it was bent and it was around the body. Or during the throw, it goes straight and then he goes in to throw. The guy lands on his belly, still on, lands on his belly. And then he gets Han Sakamaki for it. Mm-hmm. Even though On did it uh, three times during the match, or two times during the match, and then when he tried to force that, the Kimura kind it's of a, like... I, I can see what you're saying. Yeah, it's it's a very gray area, definitely. So to me, I got that's one of the one matches I did watch in the finals that mm-hmm. got me mad. That I, that I was super mad, but I was like, really, really, this guy does it three times, no shields for him on it. They and both, he does the, one bad. They both do but, those. Throw, they both do that throw though. That's their yeah, throw. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, people have been saying it for years. Like that that throw mm-hmm. is just that's just a risky throw. Like mm-hmm. it's easy to do it when you practice. It's hard to do when you have someone resisting. It's dangerous. And I've had people ask me how to do that throw before. And I'm like, you mm-hmm. trust me, you don't want to do it. And they're like, but, Hash- <laughs> but Hashimoto does it. I'm like, uh, but you ain't Hashimoto. Okay. <laughs> it's yeah, that like, simple. <laughs> you're going to break someone's arm doing that. That's what I said, but people still want to learn it. So, mm-hmm. um, which kind of reminds me of, um, how, have you seen how, uh, Hifume Abe does his Sewenage. No, well, I probably have seen it, but I don't remember right now off the top of my he, head. His shoulder goes all the way back like that. And uh-huh. I was watching a Japanese show where he was interviewing him, and they showed how abnormal his right shoulder is, and it bends all. It's just really abnormally either double jointed or flexible. And okay. they've actually seen an increased amount of shoulder injuries from kids trying to emulate what he does. And yeah. it's like, you're not you're not you're not obvious stop trying to him <laughs> yeah and, and I, there's someone in our dojo who does the throws that way too and i'm not going to mention who it is though you probably mm-hmm. know i've i've said it many times don't don't do it like that you're going to break your shoulder if it's someone's resisting and he still does it that way oh so, yeah well most people are going to continue do like so they see someone else do it. They see a world champion. They see a great person do it. They want to emulate them and they're not going to stop doing it until they get hurt themselves. And even yeah. when they do get hurt themselves, they'll be like, oh, I must have done something wrong about doing it. That's when they blame judo. Oh, judo is a hard <laughs> sport. Like you can't, you can only do it if you're young. Like mm-hmm. it's just people doing stupid stuff. So. Okay. Did you watch, there's another great, another great match that I really enjoyed. Did you watch Yoshida? Yeah, I think I did. Yeah. Okay. There was a point where she was going to get thrown and she does this in the air cartwheel. I, I saw that it. Look, yeah. 
freaking amazing. <laughs> well, I had to rewatch like five. I was like, back for back. Holy shit. Back for back. Holy shit. That was amazing. I was like, boom, my was blown when that happened. I was like, I was, when she did, I was like, she has to win this match now. She has to win. If she avoided that throw, that cartwheel, she got this match. If someone did that to me, I'll be like, tap, I'm done. Game over. That was my best throw. And this did this freaking crazy matrix cartwheel out of it. Don't try that at home. Don't try it on Conky. Don't try it at home. What did she win with? What did I write down? She won with. Uh, she won with a pin. Yeah. And that was another long match, too. That was another thing. So many matches went to golden score. Like, that's and I'm not talking about this, like, when the caliber is that high, though. And I, but I ain't talking about like two minute, three minute golden oh. scores. They're going like five minute golden scores, six minute golden scores, and stuff. Like, God, that is so tiring. So people always remember like the big names, but I find I find it more um, amazing that there are a few people who don't necessarily always get gold, but they consistently mm-hmm. make it to the medal matches. Always, mm-hmm. you always see them in the final block. And I think consistency is sometimes like better than, well, from a recreational point of view and not <laughs> someone, obviously if I was a competitor, I'd either win gold or nothing, right? But. <laughs> From a from a recreational point of view, I prefer to be consistent than have one really good day and then like a bunch of bad days. So I, I find it amazing that there's a lot of underrated people who pe- most people don't have never heard of. Like there's some Mongolian lady, uh, Mongbot. She's like pretty oh, up there. Yeah, in, yeah. In, she, yeah, she's pretty up she there took in a age. Second, she yeah. took third place. Now she won yeah. her third place match with a pin. I no no with an arm bar. Yeah, she won with an arm bar. She's great yeah. in Awaza too. So if you go back to every single competition she fought at. Actually, I, I'll look it up later. Um, <laughs> she's like been in the final block almost every single time. And I think that's, mm-hmm. especially for her age, she's like coming to the end of her career, I think. And that's still mm-hmm. amazing that you're still able to do that. So I'm able to um, well, there's, appreciate there's that There's an old saying I used to, I used to say to myself, it's like, I hate being a second place princess. <laughs> there's so many times you get that, you get to the finals and you just lose your second place, second place, third place, second place. I'm tired of being a second place princess <laughs> already, you know? Always a bridesmaid, never the bride. <laughs> but with you talking about people that you don't normally see, there was a lot of um, new, con- not new countries, but countries you don't really normally see mm-hmm. in the finals fighting. There was a guy from Taiwan. You know, I've seen him before. Taiwan's level's know. been going up because they train with the Japanese you know, now. That's great for them. I, yeah. I was really happy to see him fighting for for uh, fighting for gold. I think he took silver. I was very happy with this Taiwanese guy. Uh, there was an Australian girl that was her very first time being mm-hmm. in the medals match. And I think it was one of the first Australian. I can't remember if it was the first Australian or the first they said in a while. But again, I haven't seen an Australian in a medals match in a long time. There was her and there was two other women. Um... What was the other, where the two women from? Ah, what was that country? It was, um, hold on, let me see if I wrote my notes. Cameroon and uh, Tunisia, that's what it was. Mm-hmm. So there's two, and they fought each other. Did they fight each other? I think they did. But it was like, those are four countries you never see in the finals that often, if ever. Like Tunisia, you might see every mm-hmm. now and then, you'll see like a lighter weight male or female sometimes. But that's another one you don't see a lot of. Uh, the Taiwanese guy I was really happy for, the Australian girl I was happy for, and the uh, one from, um, what was that third country? Uh, Cameroon. You never see them in the finals. That was my first time ever seeing someone from Cameroon in the finals. But yeah. sadly for us Americans, 
there is no Americans in the final. I, I can't remember whose interview I was listening to. I think it was Jimmy Pedro. Um, mm-hmm. Either that or someone else there. And he's saying like all these other countries are dumping money or like have even the smaller countries, it's not necessarily money. It's just support in some way mm-hmm. or another. Um, they're, they're developing a judo program and all their athletes around the world is like increasing in level and we're being left behind. Mm-hmm. Like us, well, the USA is we're being not left consi- behind. We're very much a, in America. We're very much a recreational sport. You know, mm-hmm. I think even Taekwondo and karate get more support than we do. Like we're just seen as a recreational thing to do on the side. You're not, uh, it's, it's like judo is an Olympic sport, but it's not treated like an Olympic sport. Yeah. I don't, I don't know how we're going to catch up. Let's just put it that way. In, in another, if this the trend continues, it's going to be really hard. It's going to be tough no matter what. It's just, I have no idea, man. I, I'm trying to say like, oh, well, we take people from wrestling or maybe we take people from... Well, we're going to have to, we're gonna have to do a candidate with uh, Krista Taguchi and uh, just start <laughs> taking immigrants in, you know? Just, just start adopting good judo players from other countries. Yeah. Well, well, you know yes, how we uh, Mongolia took in um, Malad, Saeed Malad. Mm-hmm. And we should have took him in, I think. <laughs> we should have took him brought him to America. Hey, want to come to America? You can live in Los Angeles, New York, you know, he, uh, great areas. I mean, he, he, he basically uh, was a refugee for his, for his country because they wouldn't let him compete against the Israeli yeah. athletes. So yeah, now he's fighting for Mongolia. So Mongolia has a huge like if you if you win a medal for as an Olympic athlete, if you win a medal, you get a salary for the rest of your life. From Mongolia? Like, yeah, Mongolia. Damn, I know some countries do that. Like they'll yeah. pay you to get gold medals. Do yeah. we do that in America? Do we pay our gold medal people? <laughs> Do we? I don't know. We we uh, yeah. I, I have that question. No. I know there's like these small. Hey, I can't remember. What, I think it was the last Olympics. There's no, a small think, African country that was like, if you win a gold medal for us, you don't have to work the rest of your life. If I remember correctly, <laughs> I've read somewhere that they gave Ronda Rousey like 600 bucks or something for winning Olympic medal or winning bronze. Yeah, something something like that. I don't remember. It was some, something pretty. Someone asked Kayla Harris for me. Somebody asked. <laughs> Miss Harris, did you get money from America when you got your gold medal? <laughs> um, right. There was a there was another match that tired me watching it. It was a heavyweight match, and it was between a guy from the Netherlands and a Russian guy, and they were fighting for bronze. And these guys, the first four minutes, and they went into overtime, but the first four minutes, they're dripping sweat, they're hunched over, they're breathing hard. <sighs> Uh, like they just, was day, they you like said it was day dying. three, right? Yeah, day three. So it has to be heavyweight. The heavier. People. Yeah, yeah, no, it was <laughs> it was plus one hundred. It was plus yeah. one hundred kilo. <laughs> no, nah, it was some sixty kilo guys. That are, no, it was day three. This Russian guy, the guy from the Netherlands, fighting for bronze, and they were just dying on the mat. Like there was just the first four minutes, they're just dead, and then they go into overtime, and I think they just I can't remember if they went just under five or just over five. But finally, I think it was a Netherlands guy. The yeah, the guy from Netherlands won. I can't remember how he won or not, whatnot. But those guys just like they're like, whatever, blah blah blah. They won, and the Netherlands guy got off the mat and just laid on the floor. <laughs> he just collapsed on the floor. And was like, I'm coming. I'm having a heart attack. That, I'm coming that was for me. That was me on my first judo tournament. I, I oh. was like in a corner, like all about to pass out. 
promoters. That's the awesome. worst. So when yeah. you gas out during a judo match, I've had that happen to me before. <laughs> and I was actually fighting a friend of mine. That, like I'm from Hollywood. He was from Sotel at the time. And we we're having a match. And I was, just, I didn't know it was so bad out of shape. I thought I was fine in shape. I didn't think it was that bad. But that first match with him, I was dying. I was, I was actually laid on the mat. And the ref goes, get up. Yep. Get up. And I just look at the ref like, I'm having a heart attack here, sir. <laughs> Do you give me a second? <laughs> He's like, get up. <laughs> and I'm just fighting still. And I lose a match because I'm just gassed. <laughs> and it was funny because uh, Eric, uh, Latino Eric, mm-hmm. after the match, he was like, yeah, Juan, I thought I was going to have to carry you off the mat or something. Like, you thought you're, I thought you're dead out there. They're going to have to drag you. And I was just like, I felt like it. There's no worse feeling than being gassed in a judo match. And I think it was like one of the first matches of the day I had. I was done for the day. Like, there's nothing left. Yeah, for me, it was Watch- it's your your anxiousness and then like your fight or flight instincts for your first judo match. You never you don't know what the hell is happening, and you just mm-hmm. automatically fifty percent of your stamina is just cut off. So <laughs> your hit meter, as soon as you grab yeah. up, your hit meter just goes halfway yep. down. <laughs> but yeah, when hit. these guys fought, it was just like they were just dead at the time, and I got tired just watching them fight. And I was I was looking at clocks like, oh man, how long has this match been going? Three minutes. Three minutes are still in regulation time. It makes you makes you wonder how that that twenty something minute match went with Ave and uh, Mariama and this nuts or cardio. That's crazy just thinking about that. But they're also lighter weight guys. Yeah, you know? that's true. We're talking about plus heavies. All right, we're talking about plus one hundred kilo guys. Was there any other matches that you like that you really want to talk about? No, I need to rewatch it. It's been a while and I need, still need to watch day three. But I do, I do want to ask you, since a lot of people have been mm. talking about it, do you think, who do you think the Chris Deguchi and Clem Kate match? It's going to be fought behind closed doors, but who do you yeah. think is going to win? To me, either or, I don't know. I don't know them each. I don't know them well enough for watching up their matches to know them. Clem Kate's like the, never beaten Deguchi on the international really? circuit. Yeah. Oh, so okay. I, I don't even know why it's up for up for debate when you know like to be fair i don't know <laughs> and i mean clint case never been a world champion either so mm-hmm. like why is this a thing so well okay so this is for the the canadian spot right yeah okay so maybe in canada they're gonna put all their number two one and twos fight each other and see who wins like I was saying, any given Sunday, mm-hmm. um, that would be fair to do, or their no, points are closer. It's just, but once, no, it's just for them. They're just doing it's it just, just for them. For them. Yeah. It's just for them. Are they close in points then? Like, do they have enough? Like, are they close to international points? I don't, I don't know about points, but I think the Gucci just came in randomly and took the spot from her because, <laughs> uh, she changed countries to Gucci used to be Japanese and then she yeah. changed to the Canadian team and yeah. she had to wait for a while. And then once she started competing, she was just like kicking butt. Mm-hmm. Um, oh. Yeah, but damn, we, she got her to America. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's because her dad was Canadian, I think, so she's allowed to do that. Um, but they're putting up her fight when it's clear when you have one person that beat the other one like five or seven, five to seven times undefeated, and she's world champion. And Deguchi, I, I mean, I'm kind of biased because I like her. She's my favorite. Mm-hmm. She's my favorite uh, woman, Stoka, and. She has just has a lot more technique that you can mm-hmm. use. You see her winning with all sorts of stuff and even Nawaza. And Klim K is just like spamming drop Seoi Motoshi <laughs> just over yeah. and over again and trying to shoot. If it doesn't work, then she tries to shido out the other person by spamming attacks, the same attack. I have rarely ever seen her do anything else to win. So 
It could be that because she's part of the team longer. It could be that her manager mm-hmm. negotiated it. It could be that her coach fought for it to be like, hey, at least give her a shot. I have no problem with it. I actually like stuff like this. I like number two went into her fighting for the fighting for the position. Unless is, I don't think point I don't think Clem, That's thing. I actually don't think Clem K would win a gold medal is what I'm thinking. That's what I'm saying. So you're just straight thinking, what's the best opponent? Like you're not thinking what's fair. You're thinking like, okay, how are we going to get a medal for Canada? Yeah. If right? I talk, okay. I mean, I mean for both, I think it doesn't make sense to have a match on it when the other person is clearly better, you know, mm-hmm. but all right. So anything can happen. If you hear this, Anthony's saying uh-huh. that he thinks that you suck. Well, I, that, I, I, uh, at least it's going to be best of three. I think it's not going to be. Are they like, going to do a best of three? Or I, they heard, I heard it's going to be best of three. It's not going to be one match. So it's be a one hour match. <laughs> I wish they showed it. I really do. Yeah. Someone's going to have their phone out. Someone's going to be recording it. It's going to get out somehow. It's going to be on Twitter or TikTok later. Watch. They're going to get banned from the Federation. It's going to be on a TikTok video. (laughs) Music playing in the background. (laughs) Oh, man. I think we had another topic we want to talk about, right? But we went on longer than I expected. (laughs) I think this is... You know, just talking about the matches is fun enough right there. Yeah. You want to talk anything else about the matches? Anything about the tournament or oh, upcoming tournaments? Is there an upcoming tournament? No, because there's supposed to be Paris Grand Prix usually at this time, but it ain't happening. <laughs> yeah, it got canceled again, huh? <laughs> yeah. No, I think, I think we're good. <laughs> All right. So... Please, everybody, like, share, subscribe. If you're if you like our stuff, follow us on YouTube. You can also follow us on Instagram now. You can follow me at the Jerry underscore Juan. You can follow Anthony at Anthony Throws. That's our Instagram handles. You guys should follow us on the Tommy Talk on Instagram. Uh, we're available on all the major YouTube, not YouTube, <laughs> all the major podcast. podcast sites and stuff. Yep. And uh, what's our email, Anthony? To Tommy Talk at gmail.com. All right, it's that simple. All right, <laughs> <laughs> right do you have anything left to say? Nope. Uh, have a happy Lunar New Year and stay safe. All right, don't hit fat joy. <laughs> yep, don't hit fat joy. Uh.